The book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number 4, Philippians chapter number 4, and I trust that you've been blessed already by the music, of course the fellowship each and every week, the music tonight, and it's good testimony about what the Lord is doing. So many times, uh, because there's so much bad news out there, that's what we all focus on. God is working. God is doing a work. He's doing a work amongst us here. Here, He's doing a work around the world. And uh, tonight I want to bring just a a few thoughts um, uh, from the end of the book of Philippians uh, that ties in with missions. It ties in with our responsibility as a church. And I'll not take it as far as I could take uh, this message tonight uh, because of time. Uh, But uh, I do want to just remind us of some things. And uh, just uh, next month, the Deoses are going to be with us, our uh, missionaries to to the Philippines. And so we'll look forward to having them uh, in a service on Sunday. And so uh, as we were reminded of the importance of getting the gospel around the world, I want us to look at Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse number uh, 14. Obviously, we took about a week and a half, uh, three or four services. We were in this chapter And uh, we learned uh, several things from what Paul was writing. We come to the end of the chapter, which is the end of the book, the end of the letter to these uh, Christians at Philippi. And we get some great insight uh, from the ministry of the Apostle Paul uh, to these Christians. And it's a good pattern for us today. Notice verse number 14. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God." But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We look at this passage of scripture we read tonight, and I would say the verse that's quoted the most, the verse that we paid most attention to is verse number 19. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That is not a verse that we just name it and we have what we want. I'm going to keep that in context tonight. As we look at this passage of Scripture, but draw your attention back to verse 14. Notwithstanding, those are the next four words, ye have done well. Paul gives a lot of instruction in the book of Philippines. I'd encourage you to read the book of Philippines, of Philippines, book of Philippines, um, the book of Philippians. I would encourage you to read the book of uh, Philippians uh, from the beginning to the end regularly. And uh, so, um, uh, you know, I'm going to need to pray in just a moment to get the crowd back. But, uh, uh, but there's many wonderful things. We come to the end, and Paul turns his focus, and he commends the church. We're going to look at why he commends them, and he says, Ye have well done. Personally, as a Christian, when I stand before my Lord one day, I want to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I remind you, it does not say that, well, that, that, that good and successful servant. That good and wealthy servant. It says that good and faithful servant. As a church, I want it to be said the Emmanuel Baptist Church, ye have well done. We 
It's a good passage tonight to remind us of the focus of God's church. Our standard is not a standard that this world sets. Our standard is not a standard that even religion sets. Our standard is the focus of what Scripture sets. The good reminder for us this evening as we focus on that fact, ye have well done. Father, help us now as we get some insight from your word. Father, this is a church uh, that for more than one generation now has been faithful to give so that the gospel may go forth. And Father, I pray that this would be a reminder to us that our giving is not in vain, our sacrifice is not in vain, uh, our willingness to keep focused on the main thing. Uh, there's fruit uh, that does abound. And Father, I pray that uh, for those who <clears throat> may be a new Christian, those who have not been involved in uh, the giving to, to your work through missions or some other avenue, may uh, they realize the importance of that this evening. <clears throat> we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we have already mentioned, we come to the end of this letter, the end of this book, the end of this chapter, and Paul begins to address these Christians specifically. If we've learned anything over the last few years through different Bible studies, uh, that from books of the Bible uh, that were penned by the Apostle Paul, obviously we know the Apostle Paul was a great and mighty warrior for God. But you cannot lose sight of the fact that Paul had great af- affection toward those who he served with. He had great affection uh, toward those who God allowed him to co-labor with. We once again get a sense of this as he comes to the end of this book, as he turns and he looks to these people in his writings and he wants to commend them. And he says to them, ye have well done. What did they do well? Was he commending them on all, all, all things. Was he commending them on their uh, church attendance? Was he commending them? He had been speaking to them about joy in their life and you can have peace and all these things and contentment and those things that we've looked at over the last several weeks. But he turns to them collectively and speaks about how their actions have affected him and how they have helped him fulfill what God has for him to do. Friend, it is a great thing when the church gets behind an individual, and helps them accomplish what God has for them. Let me remind you tonight as a Christian, no matter what capacity you serve in, uh, if, and as a church, we have a responsibility to help promote the cause of Christ, help advance the cause of Christ. That is our goal. That is our desire. That's what we want. Uh, that's why we support missionaries. But let's look specifically at what he writes here. He says, notwithstanding, ye have well done that she did communicate with my affliction. Now, let me say, number one, what was he commending them on? What, what was he saying, you've done well done? Number one, they understood the urgency. Look at me again in verse 15 and verse 16. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. I have the last three words of both of these verses underlined, but ye only and unto my necessity. It reminds me of the urgency that Paul had. Now, you and I, we, we, need, to, we, need, to, we need to submit ourselves to the leadership of the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God impresses upon us to help in ways that the Spirit of God knows that need to be helped. I wonder how it felt for those people to receive this correspondence. And Paul, to write the need he had, and nobody responded but ye only. If it had not been for them, he would not have had his needs met. 
it had not been for them, the gospel could not have continued to advance. What a reminder of the urgency. Friend, we, we ought to be in the habit of investing in the work of God. You, you putting something in the offering plate shouldn't be something you have to remind yourself of. It's what you do. Just like you come to church, you're going to give to the work of God. But don't lose sight of the fact that what we put in that offering plate and what we invest in prayer and finances and support and encouragement uh, to, to the work of God, uh, we may be the only ones who are encouraging in a certain situation. I know through Operation Light, there are, there are churches that met today and the gospel was giving, and it's on the property that this church paid for. You don't think that's going to echo in eternity? Absolutely it is. He said, ye uh, only. Uh, that makes me think of, and this just may be a blessing to you, Brother Ruckman, who works with us in Operation Light, he put out some time ago a need that our church had over there, and there was some flooding and some, some things that needed to be done. He, tried, he put out, we need some money for this, and I told him, if nobody else, see what you can get from everybody else, and then, 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 then we'll give the rest. And he didn't get a penny for it. Um, and so we sent through Operation Light, we had in the fund, and it helped them deal with that flooding. That's a situation that if we had not responded, they would not be able to have church. You say, was that, was that $5 that I put in for Operation Light every week, does it make a difference? Well, it's keeping the church doors open on the continent of Africa. That's one example. We need to understand the urgency of the day we live in. We as Christians today, we, we, we got to be such a strange thing to God because it's a good thing he loves us. Don't you think so? Because we talk about how bad things are getting and Jesus coming soon and then we don't do any more than we were doing before. There's an urgency that we must be reminded of, but not just in the fact that he says ye only, but for verse 16, under my necessity. And we must participate in the work of God. We have, it bothers me, we have in our nation, part of the demise of our nation is because we have a generation that's selfish. They don't mind enjoying the freedom of of the, of the, as a result of the sacrifice of previous generations, but don't ask me to make sacrifices. Don't, don't ask me to, to pay a price to keep the freedoms and the liberties we have. Don't ask me to do that. Now, we enjoy the sacrifice. I mean, hey, let's, let's take off Memorial Day. But don't ask me to make a sacrifice. Oh, we get upset at that as Americans, don't we? But hold on, it's the same way much in our churches today. We have generations that come up and they're enjoying the benefits of the sacrifice of those that have come before him, but you ask, you want me to make a sacrifice? I mean, I like my Starbucks. I'm not me. I'm, I'm pretending I'm, I'm you. Um, I mean, what difference is that going to make? Well, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying tonight that you ought to come lay your Starbucks down on the altar. I'm going to get better coffee than that, but you should, you, I'm not saying that you, you ought to do that. What I'm saying is I'm giving an example of there's a need, there's a necessity um, and we've got to be willing to make, why? We need to understand the urgency. Understand the urgency. Number two, <clears throat> what was he commending them for? Um, the fact that their gift to his work, to, God's work to, to Paul's work, is a gift to God. Look at verse 18. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Now, he speaks of the fact that if they had not if he had not heard from them, he wouldn't have heard from anybody. 
He speaks of the urgency. He speaks of the fact uh, that he had a necessity, a need that needed to be met. What a great thing for God to use us to meet the need for somebody else. That's an amazing, amazing thing. But then he goes on and he writes, it says in verse 18, he has received this from Epaphroditus. And notice the last part of this verse, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. You and I must be reminded that we give to the furtherance of the gospel, we are giving unto God. We are giving unto his work. You think of the Lord as he stopped his disciples with that widow who gave those two mites. Insignificant. But not to the Lord, because the Lord takes that and uses it in his work. Anytime you and I give to the work of God, it is a sacrifice to God himself. It gives me great joy to hear the testimony we heard tonight and know that the support, financial and otherwise, that we give, that it is resulting in souls being saved. It's resulting in making a difference. But let's just be honest. We don't give to them. We give it to the Lord. And they, along with our other missionaries, are representatives, of course, but let's be reminded of that. It'll make a difference in your life. And you're like, well, I've got to give the pastor. No, no, pastor doesn't say anything. We've got to approach it where if I'm giving, I'm going to give to it. It's a sacrifice to God. You know, it's it's an amazing thing when you get your quarterly report or your annual report of your giving. I hope you actually look at that. It's a good idea to take that and compare it to your W-2. 10% 10% is easy math. But I think sometimes it's amazing when you get in and say, well, I didn't realize I gave that much. I didn't realize that we had put that much in. Say, so, well, and I've, I've had some say to me, well, I don't know why you keep track of it. God knows. Okay, yes, God knows. And I've often thought of this. I wonder what, kind of, what that ledger looks like in heaven. God's got your giving record of your entire life in heaven. And I only say that to remind you and I, when we give, we're giving it unto God. We're giving it unto him. And so a, a gift to, the, to, to Paul's work was a gift to God. He was reminding them that. And you and I need to be reminded of this. Number three, see how fast I'm moving? There's never going to be a Sunday like this Sunday again. Let you out early this morning. Well, I hadn't let you out yet, so... He reminds them of the fruit, that fruit is the goal. Look back in verse 17, not because I desire a gift. If you study the life and ministry of Paul, Paul didn't want much. Paul didn't need much. Paul didn't require much. But why did he require that offering? Why did he require that response? Well, verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. That's the goal, is fruit. And fruit that abounds to our account. Certainly, as though Jason gave the testimony of leading those souls to Christ, that is fruit that abounds to their account because they're willing to go, willing to give the gospel. But you know who else that fruit abounds to their account? The Emmanuel Baptist Church. Those that give, those that pray, those that support. It's about fruit. It would change the mindset of the average church. It would change the mindset of the average Christian when we put fruit as the goal. Fruit, what is this going to produce fruit for the cause of Christ? Is this going to produce 
the result that we desire. And why is it? And, and I learned this, and, and my father sits back there. Of course, he passed before me, and, and, he, and I learned this uh, from him. It's the only thing I ever learned from him, but I learned, I, I learned this from him. No, uh, and it's like uh, when you lead them to give more and more and more, you're only helping the church because it's more fruit that abounds to their account. And I can go back to where it says sometimes you look at that giving record and say, I didn't, I didn't realize I even gave that much. Wow, that's God continuing things, and there's fruit. I said it in the opening uh, before I pray, prayed for the offering. One of the wonderful things about heaven is going to meet people who are there as a result of our giving. What is it? That's fruit. That is fruit. And we're going to meet souls in heaven and because we were faithful to give week in and week out. So, well, I can only give a little bit to missions. That little bit. And that's what there's a requirement. And in the other half of this message, and I'm not going to preach tonight, there's a requirement for the missionary to make sure that as we give, there is fruit that abounds. There's a requirement there. And Paul was faithful in that. The reason why I had a need, the reason why I required it is because I just wanted there to be fruit that abounded to your account. And so that is the goal. Now, then number four, and finally, this is where I want us to be reminded of. I was thinking about, and I didn't have the exact number, but I can come up with a pretty good-sized number in the last two or three years in the midst of all of our projects of money this church has given to the purchase of property, for other missionaries, towards building projects on other continents. And sometimes we might say, Pastor, don't you see what we have? Don't you see the needs that we have? And I was thinking as Jason was talking about how frustrated he was with, they said the buildings were going to be done in March and they weren't done until June. I mean, we know exactly what that's like. They said the buildings will be done in March of 2019 and we're still waiting. Uh, but that is a frustrating thing. You think, well, what are we, what are we going to do? Don't miss this. Verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He supplies our needs as we supply the needs of his work. This is a principle, this is a truth that you have to accept by faith. And accepting by faith as you put it to test, God will, will show that this is the truth. If you want your needs met, Put God first. If we as a church want our needs met, we've got to put his work first. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This is one of those verses I've heard mis, I've been misrepresented, misrepresented and taken completely out of context. I can't tell you how many times. Oh, I've got, I need something. God, my God, so I shall supply all my needs. And you hadn't been to church, you hadn't cracked the Bible, you hadn't given anything to the Word, and you think God's going to drop more on you? That's not what that verse is talking about. That verse, Paul ends this thought with, you've met my needs so that the work could go forward. Here I'm giving you a promise, something to remember. My God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. How do we as God's people continue to get access to the riches that God has in glory? When there's a need that comes to us from a servant 
who is trying to advance the cause of Christ, we, if we have the ability, we have the power, we meet that need. And then that allows us to have access to the riches and glory. God does not give and bless stingy, selfish people. He doesn't do it. This is a giving church. I'm not preaching this to try and scold us into doing this. We do it, but I want to remind you, we must keep a heart, even in the building program, not to discourage you that we're going to be in for the next 20 years. You say, Pastor, is it going to take that long to get this set? Oh, no, when we get this one done, we're doing the next one, the next one, the next one. We still have to keep focus that we got to get the gospel forward throughout the world. And we cannot get to a place where we're stingy. God blesses, God blesses, God blesses. And then all of a sudden, sometimes we say, well, I'm going to keep what God's given me. If you want to access the riches of God, when the Spirit of God presses upon you, you, know, you ought to start giving to missions. Well, I can't afford to. We as a church can't afford not to. And then there's all aspects of missions. People have, have needs who it, we feel impressed to, to help so that we can keep the gospel going forward. There is fruit, but oh, Paul gives that example. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's stay invested in the work of God. Let's stay invested in what he's doing. I, I, I commend you. I say this week in and week out almost. I commend you for your giving. I'm not just saying that. This is a giving church. But we're blessed because we're giving. You know how we're going to be blessed even more? We continue to give to the needs so that the gospel may go forth. We forget, I'm afraid. I come to you from time to time and say, this missionary has a need. This, I know a pastor who has a need. We're going to take up an offering for this and this, and you always respond. Sometimes time is good for me to remind you what God allows us to do, not, not so we can pat ourselves on the back so we can be reminded. I mentioned the DOCs who are going to be here in just a few weeks. If you remember the life-threatening situation Mrs. DOCs was in. And Lord spared her. Simply, that's, she's here because the Lord spared her. But this church paid much for their medical bills. I don't say that to pat us on the back. That's not what I get at all. But maybe that's why God just keeps our work moving forward and moving forward and moving forward. But it's good for us to be reminded that it's not all about you and I. It's about being a help and a blessing to other people. Just some simple thoughts. Ye did well. I'm thankful for what God has given us. I mean, all this rain we've had, and see some of the pockets of puddles we have. Boy, if you weren't with us on X-Line, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, the Lord's been good to us. I'm going to be honest with you. There are times I get frustrated with the pace of the progress that we have. But the Lord's been very, very good to us. So what are we going to do? We're just going to keep pressing forward. We're just going to keep, as the Lord presents needs, we're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. And we have access to what God, the riches that God has for us. I am as, I just want to remind us of this tonight. And I knew we had a little bit, had a little bit less time with, with, the, with the emphasis tonight with, the, with our missionary here. 
But I'll remind us, there, there are some things that I'm going to talk to you about in, 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 over the next few weeks that God is doing. It's very evident to me that God is blessing our church, going to continue to bless our church. We've got to continue to stay focused on what the main thing is, and that is getting the gospel around the world, being a help, being encouragement. Pray for your missionaries. Whenever we take up a special offering for a missions project, ask the Lord, what can I give? What should I give? Say, I don't have it. That's right. We don't have it. But if we're going to get the riches, we're going to have access to the riches that are in heaven, that's the only way to do it is to give to the needs. And God shall supply our need according to his riches and glory. Ye did well. The point I was going to make just a moment ago is we're not going to be judged. We're not going to be judged by how much standing water is in the parking lot. We're not going to be judged by the dome-shaped building we meet in. I'm talking about in eternity. We're probably judged here for it, but <laughs> I thought y'all were Muslims. I didn't understand, you know. But you know we will, you know what it's going to be? Ye did well. Because you met the needs so that the gospel can go forward. Hey, I want to encourage you tonight. You're, you're giving to the work of God. You're going to see all of that again. May not be until we get to eternity, but you're going to see it again. Maybe I want to challenge you tonight. Maybe you've yet to commit and say, you know, I want to faithfully, I want to, I want to regularly give towards missions. That's what that line on our tithing envelope's for. I want to give to, to missions and to our missions program. doesn't matter how small it is, but everybody, everybody ought to be giving something to missions. And then God will meet our needs because we're willing to meet the needs of others. And so I want to challenge us tonight, encourage us tonight. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being part of your work. And Father, I pray that